Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. A-U-N. American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human god to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Condit Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Hey, thanks, everyone. Uh, we are very fortunate to have every week a special guest or a couple of guests on this call and to join us tonight uh, to really uh, open up a discussion for all of us to learn from is once again James Jager, uh, filmmaker, Hollywood producer, uh, producer of Fiat Empire, Original Intent, Spoiler, Molan Labe, and his new documentary called Mainstream, which basically how Hollywood movies and the New York media are promoting the globalist agenda. James is going to basically outline a discussion for us tonight around this question, and I'm just going to read it verbatim from our newsletter. Given that the U.S. is more socialist than ever, helped along by the long march through institutions like the Hollywood-based motion picture industry, shouldn't there really be a documentary out there called America, Freedom to Marxism? Why did Aaron Russo give fascism so much attention? All of us on this call came from working with Aaron Russo's 
America, Freedom to Fascism. And we have been blessed uh, by recurring visits on this call by James Yeager that there is actually a, a deeper drumbeat that's going on. And James has been filming and documenting uh, very, very forthrightly over the last several years people who, will, like Ron Paul, they come out into the light, Edwin Deere, come out into the light, they engage and share openly in this idea called liberty, this idea called freedom. And behind the scenes, you know, James is now in this new documentary called Mainstream trying to document where are these people from Hollywood, where are these people uh, who, who are the leading actors on stage in the films. He can't, he can't contact them. He can't get a straight answer out of them. And uh, it's sort of like trying to navigate through a very dark cave uh, with a bunch of people knocking you over in the back and lights going on, lights going off. Well, what, what, what we have here is a black hole, a ruling elite uh, basically controlling the world, almost like it's a black hole energy vortex. And thanks to James, thanks to all of these documentaries, he is shining the light on this idea of freedom, on this idea of liberty, and the biggest thing that we have a rub about this call to do it every Thursday is our mainstream media is not giving us the truth, is not giving us the straight shot. So, James, thank you for coming back on. In the wings, Elias Alias from last week will be chiming in uh, with, uh, with his comments as well when you, when you wrap it up. Thanks, James, for coming back on. Thanks for having me, Fred and Didi. Good to talk to you both. And, okay, Marxism, the backdrop of this whole thing is it's not just fascism. This is a, a much deeper construct. Uh, Marxism implies this global control matrix, correct? It, it, it's, it's all unified. It is global. And uh, we're supposed to bow down to the forces of the state and, and acquiesce a big chunk of our individual liberty, individual freedom, individual self-ownership. Is that, is that how it goes, James? Yes, exactly, Fred. It, it, the bottom line is Marxism and fascism are both totalitarian ideologies. Okay. The left likes to point to the right and call them fascists, and the right likes to point to the left and call them Marxists. But in the end, they're both totalitarian. They're both leading to globalization, multinational corporations basically confiscating the resources of the world, and with free trade, so-called free trade, what the Trump revolution seems to have found an accord on, they're using that to justify putting together, in essence, a, a one-world global government. Okay, now... Karl Marx is long past, long dead. I mean, we, we, uh, but, but why is this still in the backdrop, uh, still marching through history? Haven't we outed Marxism, or is this fascism the cover for what you're talking about? Well, when Marx when uh, Marx came up with communism, they basically tried to unite the workers of the world under a political and economic ideology. Okay. And unfortunately, the workers of the world did not unite. They were more loyal to their countries, to their religions, to their cultures, than to fighting each other. So in essence, Marxism, Lenin-style Marxism, failed. Political, economic Marxist Marxism failed. So a bunch of uh, people in the movement 
a splinter group in 1923 formed a thing called the Institute for Social Research, which is better known as the Frankfurt School. And this included <clears throat> former Marx, uh, Lenin Marxists such as uh, Antonio Gramsci, Max Horkheimer, Lukacs, George, Charles Reich, and Marcuse were some of the leading lights. And they basically realized that the best way of getting Marxism into the uh, into the agenda was to inject it through the culture. In okay. other words, attack the culture. So that's where we get cultural Marxism. But by injecting, you're saying using using film, using media, using radio, uh, these are all their strings attached to the agendas of these various uh, arms of the media and, and Hollywood that are being pulled behind the scenes, behind the curtain, to, to execute this. Exactly. Antonio Gransky wrote a book called The Prison Notebooks. And in this notebook, which he wrote in prison, he basically coined the phrase, we will have to begin a long march through the cultural institutions, meaning he will have to expose Marxism to the cinema, to the theater, to academia, to the educational system, even to the clergy. And once Marxist ideas were instilled into the culture, only then would the culture, the political and economic aspects, fall into their hands like, quote, ripened fruit. So this is called cultural Marxism. It was originated out of the Frankfurt School. They basically started in Europe, but then they set up in, in uh, the United States when World War II broke out. So they've done a pretty good job in converting this country from a republic, a capital free enterprise republic, into a pretty socialist. I mean, you see somebody running like Bernie Sanders is blatantly open, Marx, a uh, socialist. Yeah. It's pretty amazing how far they've come. And uh, to make this specific to the movies, we don't say in the new film we're working on mainstream that the movie industry originated uh, political correctness or cultural Marxism, but they were infected by it, just like all of the other cultural institutions. And basically, you will see evidence of cultural Marxism in almost every movie that comes out of Hollywood, especially the movies that come from the, 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 the six major studios. And so uh, since Aaron Russo was a part of the studio system in that he was a major producer, he produced um, the Trading Places movie with uh, Eddie Murphy. He, yep. If he had dared to put out a movie entitled um, America, Freedom to Marxism, he never would have worked in the town again because oh, he would have been right. cutting yep. too, too close to home. And so his movie had to be called, um, it had to be called America, Freedom to Fascism. Because Hollywood is basically liberal. They're all Democrats in Hollywood. They're secular Democrats, mostly all the studio executives, and hence the, the crews and the various people that descend down from the executive levels. So Aaron never would have worked in this town again had he, had he even brought up the subject of Marxism. Cultural Marxism is another word for political correctness. Need I say more? Oh, my God. We are... We are so far into this. Okay, okay now, now, uh, James, t take us back here because uh, there, there are so many forces that, that are that are just running wild in the current political climate with these two uh, c completely polarizing figures, uh, Donald Trump on one hand, Hillary Clinton on the other, 
with uh, and I we 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 don't know uh, if if they're both marching behind the scenes to the same beat. I know uh, generally we we realize uh, that the Clintons are, are are globally connected to the CFR and 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 um, I mean Clinton many many years ago came out with. Uh, Carol Quigley, uh, he was he acknowledged that that was one of his key influences uh, going going way back when he was in school. But uh, are the Clintons uh, groomed? Have they been groomed? Do you believe for what what, what they've done uh, both in the past and now currently in the, into the future? Have they been useful uh, agents for this whole process? And where would you put Trump in this whole thing? Is Trump a wild card? Or see a distraction. I would say that the Clintons are absolutely globalists. They're absolutely promoting the globalist agenda. They're absolutely using the mainstream media, which is also promoting the globalist agenda. Hence the subject of our film. And basically, Trump came along, and he, I think Trump is a nationalist. I think he's more interested in building a strong nation okay. than in globalization. I, I, if I ever see evidence to the that. To the, in the case that he's not, I'm not going to be for Trump. But I would yeah. say that the Clintons are globalists and Trump is a nationalist. He just wants to rebuild this country. And uh, so uh, Hillary and Obama and, and this this entire long, long road that we've been down, this road to serfdom that, that you said dates back to 1923 in the wake of the Russian Revolution, the Bolshevik Revolution. Uh, so many great, I mean, noted people have have come and gone on 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 the on the Republican constitutional side of this equation. Here we don't even have Ron Paul in the picture anymore. Who out there is left to 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 actually bring a voice to what we what we remember uh, Ron Paul saying or voicing? Is there anyone out there that you can see? Uh, I know Edwin Vieira. I mean, all the people that are in your films, I'm sure, in this, in this latest documentary, Mainstream. But is there is there any new young leader who could possibly emerge, James, in this whole dark, dark picture we're looking at? I don't think anyone's going to replace Trump, especially at this stage of the game. And the, the, the bifurcation we're seeing in the GOP is no surprise. I mean... Was anybody really surprised when when Ryan and McCain defected and and and, and went you know went bonkers? No. No. I mean they were reticent reticent to get involved in supporting Trump in the first place. So the 16 senators or whoever have defected, all I can say is good riddance to them. Yeah. Um, and the GOP, as far as I'm concerned, if it melts into a pile of burning molten rubber, that's fine with me. <laughs> I mean, and, then, uh, then we'll get the rise of a new political party. Perhaps we'll get, you know, the Libertarian Party will rise up or something. But the GOP is basically it, it is no different than the, than the Democrats, as we explained in the movie Spoiler, which yeah. we did with Dr. Paul a number of years ago. And the, 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 the both sides of the political spectrum, the, the Democrats and the Republicans, they're they're basically just uh, pushing for big, bigger and bigger government, expanding the government. The Democrats do it through the social programs, the welfare state, and the Republicans do it through the warfare state. Now, Trump sits there screaming about how he's going to build the military like you won't believe. 
Yeah. But actually, I think that's just a bunch of hot air. He's just he had, Trump has got to appease the AIP, AIPAC. He's got to appease the um, uh, the, the military industrial establishment. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't appease those two groups, he's dead in the water because the AIPAC basically has influence over the media. And the um, the industrial, uh, excuse me, the uh, military industrial complex employs a significant portion of Americans. So we have Americans, they either are employed making weapons and profiteering off the war program, or we've got a bunch of people that don't pay taxes, 50% of the population, you know, sucking off of the welfare state. So we've got a sick, sick country. And uh, James, take us through this uh, uh Getting back to the mainstream media, uh, the, the liberal progressive uh, versus the corporate uh, side of this whole thing is, is are corporations really uh, just uh, fronts for the liberal Marxist agenda? Are, are they a cover? Do they provide cover for what's really happening behind the scenes? The appearance of a free enterprise, but when, but when you peel the onion back, it's really uh, controlled by the same singular forces uh, are, 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 are a lot of us on this call over the years uh, you know more and more the evidence that comes out corporations are tied to the central banks tied to the globalist agenda uh, and they're simply masking and covering up for what's really happening which is the, the steady march towards consolidation in, in, in a global new world order okay Fred here's how here's how it meshes together uh, and I, I've, I've been in the movie business and in the media for about 45 years, so I've been able to make some personal observations. In preparation for the movie, I went on the Internet and I got all the books I could find on the media and on Hollywood. Believe it or not, there's not a whole hell of a lot of them. There's only about 25 or 30 books out there. At any rate, what I found in my research is currently six corporations uh, own everything. That's Comcast, Viacom. Walt Disney Company, Time Warner, Sony Pictures, or Sony and 21st Century Fox. Now, all of these are huge multinational corporations. They are basically doing like what every other corporation on the planet does, going out, exploiting things, looking for the cheapest labor. Each one of these corporations owns one of the major studios. Oh, and by the way, all six of these corporations are fascist, okay? But they each own one of the, the, the studios. Comcast, for instance, owns Universal Studios. Viacom owns Paramount Pictures. Walt Disney Company owns Disney Studios. Time Warner owns Warner Brothers. Sony owns Sony Pictures. And 21st Century Fox owns 20th Century Fox Film Corporation. Now, each one of these studios is Marxist. So what we have is we have corporate fascist owners that own Marxist studios. Now, your listeners may say, that is crazy. How can that possibly be? Yeah, yeah. Here's here's how how it fits together. Remember earlier we said Marxism and fascism are both totalitarian dictatorial ideologies. So Mm -hmm. that's one way they're compatible. But here's the thing that's really interesting about Hollywood. Most corporations are owned by stockholders, and those stockholders appoint a board of directors, and the board of directors then – uh, selects chief executive officers. And if the corporation is not doing what the owners want, they can throw out the management, the officers, the executives. Uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. Not true in Hollywood. Not true in Hollywood. The corporate owners, Comcast, Viacom, Disney, Time Warner, Sony, and so on, cannot interfere with the studios, the movie studios, because the movie studios are so powerful that they have these things that run them called traditional management. And they basically, having the power of traditional management as opposed to ownership management, are immune from the dictates of ownership management, as in most other corporations. And the way they maintain that power is through various predatory, unethical, and illegal business practices. The One of the best-known ones is called the mass exodus. And so basically this means if you're a studio and mm-hmm. you're being your traditional management, and this is management that goes back to the founding movie moguls. These guys mm-hmm. have been running the movie industry for 100 years, and they're all their family, and you have to be born into this inner circle, okay? And they basically call the shots in the studio level, so they put out whatever Marxist or socialist propaganda they want, and if the owners tell them to stop it, they threaten to leave the management in in mass. This is exactly what happened with Orion Pictures. Pardon me? That's the mass exodus concept you're talking about. The mass exodus. What they will do is they will leave in mass, and they will leave the new corporate owner of the studio with a shell corporation with no cooperation from the other talents and celebrities and agents and other traditional management in Hollywood. So essentially a small handful of people, it probably numbers less than 60, absolutely and completely control the creative control output of the motion picture studios while they are owned by corp, even though they are owned by corporations that operate like corporate fascists. Holy cow. Okay, now we're getting to the real meat and potatoes here. So it's hands-off. They're on an island. They can do whatever the hell they want to advance. And now all these – where is the common thread that keeps these people talking, these various studios marching toward Marxism? Or what? what's working inside there? Where's the secret sauce? Well, they're all liberal and they're all secular and they're all of European heritage. And they also basically share other cultural backgrounds that are – very common, and a lot of people know about what that is, but you're not really supposed to talk about it. Okay. And I'm not going to. Okay. No, I, I, I think we can read between the lines here. Holy cow. So the mass exodus. That, and was that ever, uh, okay, in these books or in your research, was there evidence of mass exodus documented, or, or was this uh, uh, passed down as, as sort of a... Uh, uh, just a, a, a fact of coming from personal uh, testimony. Now, if you read John W. Cohn's books, and he's written 17 of them, uh-huh. he discusses mass exoduses and documents them. The book, the book I so think all your readers... Just, so it wasn't just a one-time thing. This was a common, a common uh, technique or maneuver for, for power. Yes, this is a standard uh, procedure that they've used on a number of things. And the first part of his book, Hollywood Wars, the book is called Hollywood Wars. It's yeah. one of the books that we has inspired this movie, Mainstream, we're working on. He documents in the very beginning of the book all of the mass exoduses, and basically from Orion to uh, the various ones that occurred through MGM and so on, Kirk Kerkorian, uh, when Mike Metavoy walked away from... You know, when uh, when Arthur Krim walked away with Mike Metavoy and a bunch of other people, when Filmways came in and bought out Universal uh, United Artists, 
they all walked away and they formed another company called Orion under Barbara oh Boyle, God. who I happen to oh. know, by the way, nice lady, and she was good enough to look at a lot of my projects. But nevertheless, Barbara and Orion succeeded, and uh, United Artists started failing. And that's because they did the mass exodus, and so Kirk Kerkorian, actually, Kirk Kerkorian was involved with uh, MGM. The whole thing just turned into a bag of worms. So if you don't have the studio, if you don't have the support of the uh, inner circle of traditional management, then mm-hmm. your your studio is just a shell corporation. And this is all documented in uh, Hollywood Wars by John W. Cones. So and, and no one's going to break into that 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 circle. Though so that, that 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 circle of power in in Hollywood. Is uh, is sacrosanct? It's it, there's there's no there's no there's been has there been any evidence of an outside company trying to compete against this circle of power? Um, for, Fred, the movie Mainstream, which will be a double DVD set mm-hmm. covering everything from Hollywood to the mainstream media, mm-hmm. um, discusses how, how the movie industry is machinated for the last hundred years, how they maintain power how they use predatory practices to maintain control. I can just say this to you. As I mentioned earlier, I've been in this business for 40 years, and this research has just blown my mind. These people, John Cones calls it the perfect crime. Hollywood has has put together the perfect crime in maintaining power and in maintaining subtle propaganda over the American public. It's It's just unbelievable. There's a book called 337 Business Practices of the Hollywood Studios. Anybody has any questions? Go get this book. <laughs> 337 business practices. So, I mean, they, they have developed techniques. Uh, mass exodus is just one that, that are just yeah. mind-boggling. In fact, I, I believe that every other industry in the world probably learns from Hollywood. Have you ever heard the term creative accounting? Yeah, yeah. Here, a case in point, which alludes to something you said earlier, uh, Begelman, David Begelman, saw fit to go on a vacation one weekend, so he just thought he would sign over to himself a check made out to Clifford Robertson. Remember this? Anyone remember this? No. This started a big spat. He was the president of production of, I believe it was, Columbia Pictures. And he just signed over a check from Clifford Robertson. He just said, paid the order of David Bagelman, cashed the $10,000 check, and went on vacation. And later on, he got convicted for embezzlement. This is all recorded in a book called Indecent Exposure, in case anybody wants the blow-by-blow legal details. He got convicted, and what the Hollywood Inner Circle did, rather than appointing new executives to the post, they made him the president of production after he got out of jail. Oh, my uh, God. I think it was Paramount Pictures, or it was either Paramount or MGM, they made him president of production, after Begelman got out of jail. And how long did he serve in jail? I'm not sure, but the point is Hollywood Inner Circle would rather hire and recycle its own criminal executives than admit any new blood into the inner circle. You just don't get in, period. At the corporate level, there's no diversity. The executive level, there's no diversity. The crew level and the talent level, no diversity. And we saw that in last year's Oscars where the black African-Americans are up there screaming about not being in the movies. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's just the talent level. There's no diversity at four levels, and we'll go into these in the movie. 
Oh, my gosh. So, uh, 337, what was that again? What? 337 Business Practices. You can find all these books on Amazon. Tell you the truth, uh, a lot of them were sold out. And he's written 17 books on Hollywood and the, and the movie studios. Um, the, the one of the books he wrote called The Feature Film Distribution Deal is the Bible for the independent world because it basically itemizes how you'll be screwed by the MPA uh, studio distributors if you enter into a contract of adhesion with them. And all their contracts are contracts of adhesion. The contract of adhesion is basically a contract, take it or leave it. And since the bargaining cloud of the studios, the bargaining cloud of the studios is astronomically higher than the, the writer or the artist or the, the, the new actor, they basically yeah. just dictate terms. Who wrote that book now, James? The 337 Big Practices? John Practices. W. Cones, C-O-N-E-S. Oh, Cones. it's the same one he's, that wrote Hollywood Roars. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's an entertainment securities attorney. Oh my gosh! So he really covers the the the, the minutia, the legal minutia behind this whole thing. To, to Fred, I'm telling you, he's written 17 wow. books. He's he's produced the largest study on Hollywood ever formed. And if you want to look at the proceeds of the study, go to his website, a website called filmreform.org. Film oh, he, he's still alive. Is he still alive? Yeah, I interviewed him uh, a couple oh months ago. So he's up in front in the movie. Yeah, awesome. is he still? You're, I get that, Fred. Is he still alive? I, I thought. God, I thought you were talking oh, about he passed away like Ben Bagdickian no, or something. No. <laughs> ben Bagdickian, the only other expert in the media, is gone. I tried to get a hold of him, and he's dead. He, he wrote. He wrote all kinds of books on the on the New York um, media, the New York networks. Cohen specializes in Hollywood. Okay. So. Oh, my gosh. You've got you've got Hollywood going and you've got the New York media going. Basically, the way it works is all the kids get indoctrinated by the Hollywood movies. Then, when they're about 35, 45, they turn them over to the New York networks. You know, Fox News, MSNBC, CN, CNN, and so on. Yeah. So the, the Hollywood gets them all prepped with cultural Marxism, and then they turn them over to the networks in New York, and they further brainwash them into globalization. Oh my God! So, the, so the, the, there are no gaps in this puzzle. I mean, they've got both, they've got everything covered. It's beautiful. And then, and then on the political side, of course, uh, the candidates uh, who don't who won't pony up to this to this model are going to be ostracized and, and defunded or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you have any kind of a negative attitude, for instance, towards Israel or towards the military-industrial complex. You know the wars that the, we, we're going to yeah. uh, fight wars and blow everyone up, or, or we're not going to support Israel. You're dead. You're dead. You don't go anywhere as a political candidate. The, the, your, your funding is pulled, uh, and/or your your rivals are funded. Okay, and then uh, and then let's look at the churches. You could go add an item into the churches. The same thing uh, covered in the in the spiritual or. Or, or sphere. I mean, you could you could do another movie on that one. <laughs> right. And let me just say this. Make the, let me make this very very clear. I have no ox to grind pro or against Israel. I, okay. I, 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 in all honesty, I am a lousiest history student you ever saw in your life. I don't even know what's going on there, really. Okay. I've tried to learn, but I have I have nothing against it, for it or against it. My only ox to grind is that 
whether you're promoting or bashing Israel or Saudi Arabia or France or any country, pro or con, in the media, you should be allowed to voice your opinions, pro and con. But yeah. you can't voice any kind of con opinions on certain states like Israel. And yeah. Now, there was kind of a ban on uh, voicing negative opinions about Saudi Arabia until recently. But now that a lot of truths are starting to come out about what a bunch of, uh, you know, Dennis, what can you say about Saudi Arabia, the way they treat everybody over there? They're women and chopping people's heads off, and yet we're kissing their ass, even though they flew freaking jets into all of our buildings? You know, <laughs> give me a break. So we, we, can't, we can't bitch about Saudi Arabia because we get all our oil from them. Now, we were getting most a lot of our oil, or most of it, from Gawar in Saudi Arabia in, uh, around September 11th. But now the United States is pretty much getting most of its oil elsewhere. We're not as dependent on Saudi Arabia. So now we can basically let people know what we think of them. You know what I'm saying? Don't you know The old saying, don't insult the crocodile until you get across the river. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James, I'm, I'm going to open up uh, and, and just acknowledge Elias, Elias, if you're on the call, hello, uh, we're going to get you involved in this discussion. Appreciate your patience out there. But uh, did you ever meet Aaron James, Aaron Russo, uh, years ago? Did you ever? I, I was slated to meet him. I, I put out a movie called Fiat Empire yeah. around 2005. I did not know about Aaron's movie, Freedom to Fascism, which he put out about the same time. I only found out about freedom of fascism right after we released Fiat Empire and went viral. So I came to the attention of We the People Foundation. Yep. I think you guys are affiliated with them. And, uh, yeah, yep. yep. And, and, and Rose and, uh, and uh, Bob. Uh, Schultz. Yeah, Schultz, yeah, yeah. Bob Schultz, so yep. They, were, yep. they, were very, they were very kind uh, to me and, and get this, helped get this film out. And I was slated to meet with Aaron. Um, it was going to happen next weekend, next weekend, but every weekend the report came in. He was still in the hospital, still in the yeah. hospital, and then all of a sudden I get the report he died. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh, James. I'm sorry you couldn't meet him. It, it, oh, it was a very, gosh. very big disappointment. You don't think there was any foul play, do you, Fred or Didi? Yes. <laughs> you do, Didi. You know, it, it's really a mixed bag there, James, because he was improving and then there was this kind of last-minute wait. You know, it, it, he he really went pretty fast, but he was improving over a two- to three-month period. And, uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden he disappeared, and then all of a sudden he's gone. And, and that's what I was getting. I was, starting to, I was starting to become very hopeful. Like, Aaron's getting better. And yes. this, this is Steve with AU Network. Uh, I just wanted to share Alona Blakely, who was Aaron's, Russo's press secretary and I really Yeah, Alona, Alona is who I used to talk to or deal with, Alona. She yeah. told me, she and I are really good friends, <clears throat> and also her husband. Um, I've known them for quite some time. And, and before they went overseas, Alona told me, she said, Steve, she said, I, I talked to Aaron the day before he passed, and he told her in private, he said, if you ever cross a Rockefeller, they will let you know when you're going and the reason you're going. And she said, I've never forgotten that. So she said that's always been on her mind. So uh, Aaron told her that. Said if you ever cross a Rockefeller, and as he did, he betrayed one with, I guess, the confidence or whatever by doing the film and exposing that. 
uh, that uh, you you will answer to it. So I, I, I thought you, I'd just add that. Do you know where Alona is? Yes, she's in uh, she's in, uh, uh, she's in uh, Panama. Panama, yeah, Panama, Panama City. I, I don't. I would love to reconnect with her if anybody knows who, where she is or she's listening or anything. Uh, Alona, hello. Well, no, she, she's been on the call. She's come on a few times. Not too long ago, recently, she stayed on for a couple, three hours after show and yep. talked to everybody. But yeah, Jane, my brother just left that town she lives in, Boquete, Panama. So I'll send you her email. Yeah, I'd love to say hi to her. I haven't talked to her in years since. I will. I'll send you, you her email. That would be very kind of you, and uh, say hi to her for me. And she can reach me. I've got some numbers out there. If she wants. I'm sure she wants uh, to talk with you too, James. It was pretty shocking, you know. Everyone was thought he's getting better, and then all of a sudden, bang. Uh, what was it? Cancer? They, they, they say it, it was it was cancer. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, the, the uh, Trump is coming out there, and he's crossing the globalists. You know, I like to look at Trump as a, a good billionaire fighting the bad billionaires. <laughs> you know, like a good guy with guns fighting the bad guy with guns. <laughs> wow. Do you think he can possibly get by of the rigged uh, election counts? I mean, I know they don't want him in there because he became way too popular. But uh, I would think if he didn't get elected, it would mean that voter fraud was over. <laughs> You know, Dee Dee, if I don't know what I'm going to do if he doesn't get elected. I'm seriously thinking about moving out of the country. I mean, if we get four more years of Hillary and the globalist agenda, I just don't. I just don't know. I, you know, the last. I don't know if anybody saw his 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 rally today this morning around one or something. It was fantastic. Yeah. He he talked about the globalist agenda like he's never talked about it. Did anybody see that or hear? No, it? no. It was the best. He was the best rally he's ever given. Wait, 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 was there a lot of people there? I'm sure there were tons it, it of people was, there. It was absolutely packed. He was talking about the globalist agenda, the global globalization. The, you know, the whole thing, the mm-hmm. multinationals and what they're doing, gutting the manufacturing base. You know, NAFTA, TPP, the whole thing. GATT. He was just he was just really going into it, and I, and and how the, the the role the media is playing in this whole thing. I mean. This media is so in the pocket of, of Hillary Clinton, it's unbelievable. And I know for a fact that she's in the pocket of these people, because I knew a woman, Fred, I think I mentioned this on your last show, one mm-hmm. of your shows. I knew a woman who used to raise money for Bill Clinton. Okay. And I probably shouldn't mention her name, but she was an actress. I met her as an actress on a shoot I was directing. And then she ended up coming into Hollywood, and she ended up marrying Mike Metavoy who is a very powerful uh, film producer, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, a whole bunch of other uh, Oscar-winning yeah. films. Anyway, she married Metavoy and then was able to uh, use Metavoy's connections. And he's one of the Hollywood insiders, believe it or not. And I met him. He actually invited me out to his office a couple of years ago to meet him. And he's Good. a nice guy, but he's he basically is an insider. And, and, and so... Uh, I'll just say the, the, the name of the lady is Patricia. I won't say her last name since I already mentioned Mike. People in the movie business will know who the hell I'm talking about. Anyway, she was all over the place raising money for the Democrats. I used to work for this woman, Pat, when she first started. She was an actor for a brand-new TV station called CNN, mm-hmm. and I used to be her oh. cameraman and her editor. So, you know, I had no idea what she was talking about because I was so – Political, politically unsavvy at the time, 
But she became very powerful. She married this guy. She, she raised a whole lot of money for the Democrats, literally got Bill Clinton elected with some of this money. And then she divorced Matavoy and married uh, uh, Perlman, you know, the guy that has the uh, cosmetic empire. Wow. And then she divorced him and walked away with two or $300 million. So I've been trying to get, a, get in touch with her. But she's a Democrat, hardcore Democrat living in New York. And I, I don't know, Fred, Didi, I don't think we're going to be able to talk her into financing, uh, donating to Mainstream, do you? I don't think so. I'll, I'll promise her a part in the movie. Maybe that will do it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Elias, are you out there? Star uh, six your phone if you are. Elias? I don't see him, and we have him listed, Fred, so unless he's uh, at a different number, he's not here with us. I don't know uh, if uh, you can hear me. Can you hear me? Uh, I, I recognize that Elias voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you are. Okay, you're not at the Good same number. God, Elias. I thought I thought you and Ernie were in jail or something. Uh, uh, my PIN number wouldn't work, and um, so I just called in the regular, uh, just to call in number here. I'm surprised I can talk to you. I've just been started listening a few minutes ago. No problem. I want to say a no. few things about Elias, Dee and Fred, if I may. Go ahead. Oh, Elias. Elias has been working with Matrix as an associate producer on the last three or four films. Wow. And these films probably would never have gotten made without his help and getting these things off the ground in putting in consulting on the scripts and helping with fundraising and working out all the details of production and helping package them with people. He's kind of like the unsung producer behind the scenes making things happen. And I really want to thank you, Elias. You're 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 just been incredible. In fact, I never even met Elias until uh, just recently uh, when we interviewed him. And I actually didn't even meet him in physical reality. I haven't met him through the eye of a camera. But uh, I don't know, Elias. We're gonna we're gonna we're we're still gonna kick some butt with this next film. Hopefully, uh, I think this it might be the last good. film I'll ever do. What? It'll be a good one, James. Uh, this is a very important movie, and I'm really hoping that we can get more people on board to uh, help you get the production done in the can, as you say. We're working on cutting the film now. We have uh, 11 people interviewed, and uh, we started cutting the, the beginning of it about a day you're ago. Talking about, so. You're talking about mainstream, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. And uh, Sam Chu, who was in, who's in the film, he's a he's a veteran actor. Um, he's trying to get some people in the film. I, I've called a number of named talents, and, and most of them are scared to come into the film. But Sam worked in the movie industry. If you look him up, Sam Chu, on the Internet Movie Beta uh, Database, you'll see that he's been in hundreds of Warner Brothers pictures over the years. And he interviewed, and he knows a couple of people in the business celebrities, um, and he's going to see if he can get them to come in. They're conservatives. There's not very many conservative stars in the movie business. What about Clint Eastwood? Clint Eastwood is, uh, I already asked him. I called him. I called his office. I spoke to his publicist. He declined to be in the movie. Um, I also spent 40 minutes on the phone with Steven Spielberg's office, and they just would, 
I did everything I could to pull their teeth to get Spielberg to come into this movie. I said, come on, you're the most powerful man in Hollywood. You're, yeah. you know, come on, give us a pro and con. Tell, if you don't like the movie, tell us we're all full of crap or yeah. tell us where it's right. And I spent 40 minutes with them over three or four days. And then finally they said, oh, he's so busy. And then uh, I'm just disappointed. You know, Gary Sinise wouldn't even be in Molon Law, but he's got this company that's supposedly a Second Amendment. I will say yeah. that we started screaming and complaining about Wayne LaPierre. And I think Wayne may be getting the message that there's more than two reasons to keep and bear. You know, he, 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 the NRA has always been afraid to talk about reason four and five. Right, Elias? Hey, what about Oliver Stone? Uh. Well, Oliver Stone's a hardcore lefty. I don't know. I don't know how he feels about the second. Is that the question? Yeah, but he puts out the uh, movies that are that are completely different than the liberals, you know. Well, uh, I'm happy to call him and see if he wants to interview for the movie. Anybody have any suggestions, forward them to me or to Fred, and I'll call him. Um, I called Tom Hanks, and he said no. I just can't tell you how many people I've called in Hollywood. Wow! Wow! What? 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 I mean, I'm I'm, I'm looking closest, around for my list. What's the closest We're trying to get, big fish? What's the closest uh, big Russell, fish you want? Uh, John Voight, Russell, uh, Russ, uh, Tom Selleck, and uh, Russell, um, uh, Kirk Russell are the three guys that uh, Sam Chu knows personally. He's calling them. I'm going to see if we can get them in the movie, uh, and they're all conservatives. Okay. And there's an organization called... What, what about uh, Alex Baldwin? Alex Baldwin. Uh, I have tried to get Alex Baldwin in, in movies early on. A number of years ago, I called his office. I had talks with his agents and so on. Uh, we actually tried to get him in original intent. Okay. And no, you know, the bottom line is these, these celebrities, uh, they just, they're scared to death to get into anything political. It'll just destroy their careers. What about Mel Gibson? I was on the phone with Mel Gibson's people endlessly. I even called Bill, um, what's his name, uh, the, the Catholic League, the head of the Catholic League. Donahue. You guys know who I'm talking about? Bill Donahue. Don and I spoke, his, his, I spoke to his right-hand man, Rick Crenshaw, and, he's Bill, and he's, Rick said, yeah, Bill would love to be in the movie. Okay, you get this? And we were setting up the, the shoot in New York City to interview Mr. Donahue to talk about Mel Gibson. And he was going to talk about how the studios, in particular Paramount, uh, treated Mel Gibson. Uh, after Mel made a billion and a half dollars for Hollywood, what did the studios do to Mel when he wanted to make his personal film, The Passion of the Christ? They told him to go, you know, screw himself. They made Mel pay for it himself. So I called up Bill, and I thought it would be cool for him to talk about this, because he was all over network TV defending Mel yeah. when Mel was getting kicked around, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, this is before Mel's anti-Semitic rant, okay? Okay. And Mel was getting kicked around, and Bill was defending him. But at any rate, Bill, Bill said that he'd be happy to be in mainstream. And so we were setting up the whole interview, and then all of a sudden I get an email that says, Bill has decided to cancel. Thank you and good luck elsewhere. Wow. Oh, good luck. oh my God. Bang, just like that. So I called back. I called back. Um, I told him, you know, why did you do that, and so on. And I even cc'd all my correspondence to Abe Foxman, and I've invited Abe Foxman into this movie also. Oh my gosh! 
<laughs> so, and then I took the, my, my correspondence between Abe Foxman and, and Bill Donahue and CC'd it all to Mel Gibson. I mailed it out, hard copies to him. And what do they all do? They're all a bunch of weenies. They just sit around and they just do nothing. So what are you going to do, right? You can't. Here, here's Ben Bagdickian's point and, and Ralph Nader's point in a book called uh, It's the Media Stupid. The media will never make itself the issue. Everything else in the universe is the issue, never the media. The media never reports on itself. Yeah. Now, I know you see all these popcorn shows all over, you know, like Media Buzz and all this crap. It's all a bunch of crap. They basically, you know, they talk about A, B, C, and D when the real issue is X, Y, and Z. So it's basically applications of cultural Marxism. Controlled opposition. Cultural Marxism has three main technologies, critical theory, androgyny, and, and cultural pessimism. And basically, these three technologies um, are what they're using to destroy the culture through the movie. Wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Let's walk for 10 minutes. Could we walk through those three points real quickly? Yes, yes. Okay, uh, the, the, three, the three technologies the politically correct cultural Marxists are using are known as critical theory, androgyny, and cultural pessimism. Critical theory means you make a theory about some aspect of traditional Western civilization, whether it be Christian values or capitalist values or free markets. You come up with a theory and you question that theory, and you question it with the sole goal of destroying what you're questioning. This is, wow. this is why it's different than questioning something from the goal of simply learning about it or helping it, or destroying it. So they're using critical theory to question things, to create critical theories that will put questions into the public mind and cause them to destroy the target subject. So it's a really refined, incredible technology they use called critical theory. And the purpose for critical theory is to instill what's called cultural pessimism, which is the third technology. And I'll go to the second one in a second. Okay. Cultural pessimism is the... Is the methodology, the social, the, the social engineering technology of creating in the public mind a pessimistic attitude towards their culture. This is why you see endless bombing and blowing up and violence all over the network media and the Hollywood movies. This is wow. why almost every science fiction film has a dysfunctional future. You know, give up. It's all, it's all over. There's no, there's no reason to resist creating pessimism in all of our hearts so we don't even try to uh, fight back against Marxism or fascism or totalitarian ideologies. Then the third one is androgyny. And androgyny is the technology of basically making men into women and women into men. Wow. You see this all over the movies. Have you ever seen a woman punch a man in the movies? Have you ever seen a woman take out a chainsaw and chainsaw the whole lot of them? (laughs) Have you ever watched Alien and Sigourney Weaver? Mowing down aliens and driving, acting like a man. Okay. On the other hand, the men acting like women. You know, you got men all over the place. They're shaving themselves. They're putting on nail polish. They're doing the dishes. <laughs> so the, okay. the technology is, if you can make women into men and men into women and confuse the youth and make them dissatisfied with the nuclear family, and by nuclear family I mean one man, one woman, kids, yeah. as opposed to the paternal yeah. family, 
the paternal family, I agree, might have been a little too authoritarian. That's where the de- the husband, the father, is the boss. Mm-hmm. The, the nuclear family is where the, the wife and the husband are partners, equal mm-hmm. partners raising kids. But the, the, the goal of androgyny is to destroy the family unit because the family unit is the basic building block of the middle class. And the middle class is the engine of a capitalist society. And the goal of Marxism and, and communism is to destroy capitalist societies. Now, James, this is all written out like a science. Uh, with a game plan and, and, and with discussions on these theories. I mean, this is not just pie in the sky. This is well-documented stuff you're talking about. Yeah, this is the, this is the materials that come out of the Frankfurt School. If, if your listeners get a movie called Original Intent or call, a movie called Cultural Marxism at our website, which is moviepubs.net, they will see all of this material itemized and laid out before their eyes in the movie. We have Pat Buchanan talking about it. We have Edwin Vieira talking about it. We have Ron Paul talking about it. We have Ted Baer talking about it. All the books they need to read, they can read all the books that were written by the Frankfurt School, basically the uh, prison notebooks and so on. I purchased a lot of these books and started reading them myself, and I'm telling you, it's all right in there. Critical theory, you know, we must do a long march to the institutions. It's right there, laid out in black and white. white, This is white, uh, right out in the open, you're saying. Black and white. They're, they have it right out in the open. Marcuse, Reich, Lukas, Horkheimer. Horkheimer ran the uh, Institute for Social Research, and he's the guy that actually came up with critical theory, the technology. So basically, as Pat Buchanan says in the movie, um, Lenin, uh, Marxism, culture, or excuse me, political and economic Marxism pretty much failed, but they've done pretty darn well. Considering that the, you know, you have, has anyone out there ever heard the term politically correct? Yeah, that's it. Well, every time you hear somebody on network TV say politically correct, think to your, in your mind cultural Marxism, because the, the politically correct term for cultural Marxism is the term political correctness. <laughs> oh, my God. You see how the thing's policing itself? It's a self-policing Rubik cube. Wow. Wow. It, it, Elias, I, I didn't want to forget you. I want you to have a, a, uh, an opportunity to chime in here on what James has presented tonight. You've been behind the scenes, assisting, pulling strings, making calls, following up administratively, helping James out in every one of these uh, projects. We thank you so much for what you've done over the years. Uh, Feel free to make a comment right now for for all of us on the call, on the show, uh, L.S. Thank you, Fred. Uh, I would like to just add one thing. Everything James is talking about is available. It it is public record, and it is a known threat to the culture and society of America. Uh, One of the things that they have done, the people that are behind this, they also are involved in the National Education Association, the NEA, governing the content of public school textbooks. So they're, they're targeting our kids. You have incredible uh, examples on the Internet all over the place about how they are doing this through federal programs and schooling protocols of uh, sex education in the third grade. Uh, the unisex, or as he called it, the uh, 
androgenism. And <clears throat> this confusion in the minds of young developing children it is deliberately being implanted. This is coming primarily out of the two-party system. And I, I really... I really commend James for tackling this. His movie, Cultural Marxism, is just spot on. And you can see in that movie, you can see how they're doing it. And then you turn on your TV set, if you still have one, and you'll notice that everything James is saying is right there in front of you on your own screen. Yeah. Thank you, James, very much. That's right. There is. So to that point, Elias, if, and I invite all of your listeners to do this little test. Every movie you watch coming out of Hollywood, almost every movie, oh, I'm going to say every movie you watch coming out of Hollywood basically has either uh, the protagonist or the antagonist is divorced. Okay, the, they're designed to destroy the family unit. So one, the protagonist or the antagonist, they're divorced, or the female is portrayed as dominant and controlling, the male is portrayed as aloof, feminine, and, and cheating. And, and four, somewhere in the, uh, in the family, there's got to be a gay guy, a lesbian, a bisexual, or a woman's, radical woman's liver. And oftentimes, points one through four are mixed. Every single movie you see coming out of Hollywood will have one to four, one, two, three, or four of those points in it, or some of them mixed together. Does anybody wow. deny that's not happening? <laughs> wow. And all and, of this is uh, designed to confuse the youth and destroy the family unit, which is the basic building block in the middle class, which is the engine of a capitalist society. Oh, and we have to put the blame, I think, on Christians and Christian preachers who have done basically nothing about it. That's right, and, and, and Chuck Baldwin, Pastor Baldwin, talks about that. Right. And to his credit, he's one of the bravest pastors out there. Right. And particularly the Catholic Church, which was infiltrated and has basically been destroyed. Yeah, and a perfect example of that is the fact that Bill Donahue can't even come into the movie, and yet he represents the Catholic Church. That's pretty pretty despicable. You know what? I got Bill's cell phone, so I call him up all the time and leave messages. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Does, you know, does anybody want me to say I mean, I like Bill. I, I think Bill is such a great guy. I was so disappointed in him that he didn't come into the movie after saying he would. And I don't know. I, I just thought he was a great guy, and I thought he was putting on But somebody got to him, okay? I, I wrote back. I called back. I said, who got to you, Bill? Somebody got to him and threatened him probably. So he bowed out of the movie at the last minute. I thought it might have been Abe Foxman that got to him. You know, Abe's head of the ADL. And Pastor Bull Yeah, but, but, about, but you, you, you were actually copying this stuff and sending it to Abe as well. <laughs> I, I was sending, yeah, I was sending my correspondence because I, I believe when you talk about somebody, you should CC them. Yeah, okay. Is it really right to talk about somebody behind their back? And Abe Foxman deserves every bit of respect as anyone else. So um, it's just disappointing that neither one of them want to come into the movie and talk about why the Hollywood establishment suppressed Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion of the Christ, when they freely and openly funded Steven Spielberg's pet project called Schindler's List. You know, what's that all about? If, you're, if, you're, if you want to put out a Christian story, you're poo-pooed by Hollywood. If you want to put out any other story, you're, you're applauded and funded immediately. Gosh, gotcha. uh, it, it, it. 
Go ahead, Elias. Go ahead. I was just going to say that that is exactly the reason why James needs to make this movie. I mean, they're showing you you are up against a big wall, and you have to, some way or another, get this movie done in spite of the opposition. You had a little bit of reverb in your phone, but uh, James, uh, Elias, I don't know if you heard it, James, uh, you got to get this movie out even more so. There's a wall that this movie is going to break down, and that's kind of what, what, what Elias was saying there. We've got to get it out. Well, I want to say the Oath Keepers, the Oath Keepers have been extremely supportive of these movies, and I really, really owe a lot to them. And Elias, thanks to you and Stuart, you guys have been great. I'll tell you. If it wasn't for the Oath Keepers, we may not have gotten some of these movies made. And also, the Oath Keepers are championing the Second Amendment and, most of all, the militia clauses in the Constitution. Uh And the fact that if we didn't have the militia clauses in the Second Amendment, the globalists would have totally run roughshod over us a long time ago. Well, they suppressed suppressed basically the militias in 1903. And uh, so we've had over 100 years of we the people not being what they're supposed to be, which is the militia and subsidiary and, and bottom now, up. Now, who's, whose voice is that? It's, sir, can you identify yourself? Now, this is uh, Nick, in, Nick in Texas running for Congress. Oh, Nick, thank, thank you for coming on our show. Appreciate it. Uh, and, that's, and that's what my campaign is about, is to get back. I mean, I, if I was elected, I'd introduce the State Militia Restoration Act. Well, Nick, uh, listen, uh, could you send a little message in our email on the front cover of our website? We'd like to get you on our show, okay, going forward. Okay. You know, Fred and Dee and Elias, we interviewed, thanks to Elias, we interviewed, you're not going to believe who we interviewed for Maid Street, we, we interviewed uh, Richard Gage. Oh, really? Wow. And Good Richard, you guys. <laughs> Richard, Richard put together the 9-11 Truther uh, films. Yeah. Yep, and he's an opinion leader in leading the the way towards in further investigating that. And Elias sure. and I introduced Richard. Elias introduced me to Richard, and we did the interview and got along great. Had dinner afterwards. He is an incredible guy, honest, down to earth, dedicated engineer. And then and then me, me and Elias introduced Richard to uh, Edwin Vieira. Okay, we're putting together, you know, a very explosive combination of people oh here. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Edwin, Edwin came up with a solution to the 9-11 situation and how okay. it could be fully explored. Now, I can't release it because Edwin's not ready to release it yet. Sure. But he was no kind enough to submit the, a, a version of it to me. And Richard and his team of lawyers are looking it over right now. And i got to tell you, folks, <laughs> Edwin came up with the greatest idea you can possibly imagine on how to blow open the whole 9-11 investigation. Oh, Just good oh, yeah. brilliant. God. That's really good. And uh, I, think that, uh, I think that he's going to either release it through either through News with Views or as a book or as something. His, he's got a, he figured out a way. I got. I'm so. I just want to tell you so bad. No, you can't tell us. No, you can't tell us. Ed will kick my ass. Don't spoil it. I'm telling you, you guys are going to laugh when you hear about what this plan, especially you guys that love the Second Amendment and the militia system. You are going to laugh. It's you're going to laugh or cry depending on how you look at it. But he's just come out with a pure genius plan 
on how to fully reinvestigate the 9-11 event, okay? Now, Edwin nor myself nor anyone is saying this. It's absolutely uh, a false flag. What we're saying is, and, and Richard Gage is saying, that there's too many questions that the mainstream media is not asking yeah. and the government's not asking. And we need to get those questions answered. Yep. So. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Uh, before we wrap it up, anyone out there, and thank you, Nick, for chiming in, Elias for chiming in, anybody out there, star six your phone to uh, bring your voice to the to the forefront here if you have a comment or questions for James Jaeger or anything that has been said so far on the call. Just star six your phone, anyone. Don't be shy. We have a lot of callers, a lot of people wanting to hear what's been said here. Basically, the, the key here, folks, is this movie has to get out there. It's called Mainstream. A lot of work has been done. A lot of people have been interviewed how Hollywood movies and the New York media are promoting the globalist agenda. We talked about cultural Marxism uh, and, and fascism, which are both twin tower totalitarian tools to, to uh, mold everyone. Fred, can you give the URL to the site? They can see a synopsis, some of the uh, excerpts of the experts. There's 11 of them and the trailers. At, Absolutely. Uh, go ahead. Give it, give it out. Can, can I give it to him? It's, uh, if yep. you go to mainstreammedia.us, mainstreammedia.us, everything's there. The trailers, the excerpts of Richard Gage, Edwin Vieira's in it. We've got G. Edward Griffin in there. We have Stuart Rhodes. We've got Sam Chu. Um, just a whole bunch of uh, incredible people from Hollywood, producers, directors, writers, Ken Gullickson. And they can look at clips of all those interviews. There's that's even a little a, clip that's of a darn good James, that's a great URL. You you claim mainstreammedia.us. That's great. <laughs> I know that was lucky, wasn't <laughs> How it? How did you get that? Where, where did you get that? I don't know. We I had to I had to call up Hillary Clinton and and bend some arms. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> oh, I Hillary helped Hillary helped me get it. <laughs> I'm so glad you're making this movie. This is so great. And we're going to do everything we can to promote it like we've done your other movies. And thank you to Steve, who's helped us all get copies more than once. Well, all, the, all these movies are up on the Internet for free if you go to homevideo.net. Homevideo.net. They're all up there for free. If any of you want to buy DVDs, you can get them at moviepubs.net. So they're up there for free at homevideo.net and DVDs at moviepubs.net. I have a awesome. question. Go ahead, Betty. Uh, what about uh, giving permission to me to put uh, some of these movies on public access? You have permission. Okay. Right okay. as of right now, and I just said it over the air. So, go ahead, go do it. Get, drive them crazy. <laughs> okay, I I got a series on two 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 uh, channels. Chapel Hill yeah, take, and Durham. Chapel Hill and uh, Durham. The public stations around the country do play the movies, and the local crowds all love them. I mean, I've been on the phone with all the producers at CNN, Fox News, MSNBC for years, uh, Judge Napolitano's producers, endlessly. Oh, yeah, Mr. Yeager, yeah, we'll, we'll schedule you and Edwin Vieira to be on the, on the, on the show, blah, blah, blah. And then what, I about them and Glenn, I told, what about Glenn Beck? Yeah, I, I, I not only called Glenn Beck. I walked up to him at a lecture and I slapped down all seven of the films right on his desk and said, Glenn, 
Call me, Rod Paul, Edward Vieira. Let's come on your show and talk about these movies. Let's talk about a subject called free trade and globalization. See if anyone's against free trade. We did this eight years ago. So does Glenn give me a call? No. I don't know what's going wrong with him, but I think he's gone bonkers. Yeah. I think, he's been, false, I think he's been false opposition from the beginning. I don't know what's going on with him because he's like really – I'm really disappointed. He had Ed Griffin on his show. And he had uh, Pete Lilbach on the show. I interviewed Pete Lilbach that wrote George Washington's Sacred Fire and Ed Griffin that wrote Creature from Jekyll Island. Both these guys on a show. Wouldn't you think that Glenn Beck would at least see the wisdom of voting for Trump to get rid of NAFTA? Yeah. I mean, if Trump only does one thing, re- rewrite or get rid of NAFTA, then he will have served a, his turn. And uh, I don't like his stop and frisk crap and all that stuff, and I don't like him saying he's going to pump up the military endlessly for a global army, which I don't think he's going to do. But if he just does one thing and gets this country working again, gets the manufacturing base working, I think he will have done a great service to the country. Now this, this is uh, Nick in Texas. The one thing I'm looking for a candidate, and I haven't found one, not even the Constitution Party, is a is a president who will give us back the militia. Yeah, well, you know, Trump, we send Trump the movies. I've been sending Trump's organization one of the seven movies that we've made every single week. A movie goes out, and I've been doing that for one year since it started last June. So we've sent him Molon Labe, we sent him Midnight Ride, we sent him Spoiler. And every week, like clockwork, another movie goes to Trump and to his kids and to his brass. We just send them out robotically, and we get letters back from them every week. And we get a bumper sticker. <laughs> Do you really? Oh, yeah, nice. I've got like a whole selection of red and blue and green and black bumper stickers. Nice. Wow. Uh, James, <laughs> so, are you I don't still know. Looking? Maybe he's watching the movies. Maybe he's watching the movies. You know, he's talking yeah. about all the stuff that's in the movies right now. Yes. Yeah. I've got a question for both James and Elias. This is Ray, North Carolina. Are you familiar with Myron Fagan? Fagan? Yes. He was a Jewish playwright, uh, and starting in about 1945, he began uh, exposing communism in Hollywood, and then his work culminated in 1967 when he recorded uh, a three-LP record set called The Illuminati and the Council on Foreign Relations, documenting the activities of the House of Rothschild, and... uh, he, uh, and that was produced by Anthony J. Hilder. Are, are you familiar with any of that? I'm vaguely familiar with the name, but I don't I don't know the works. I, I listen to those broadcasts. Uh, I think you would uh, really enjoy listening to it. Yeah, I listen to I, those. I steer away from t- trying to say that Hollywood's communist, okay? Because I think that overstates the uh, situation. I think ho- Hollywood, like I said... I do not blame Hollywood or the studios or my colleagues in Hollywood for being uh, originating Marxism and, and infecting the United States. I view Hollywood and the studios and the moguls and the executives and my colleagues as being infected like everybody else. In other words, they're all victims, okay? They're all basically decent people. These, uh, the people in the movie industry are the greatest people in, in the world, okay? They're the most able. They're just some of the most able and can-do people there are. And they have been affected by cultural Marxism, just like everyone else has, the clergy, the, the academia. So um, we really we need to sympathize with them and try to correct the, the situation in Hollywood 
And uh, we don't want to kick everybody out, but I think if, if people are more, more aware of the problems, I think we can evolve a better industry. So that's what we're trying to do, especially with this movie. I certainly hope so, because movies are so important to us. You know, I mean, I love movies. <laughs> I'm very picky about what I watch, but, yeah, to know that there's this undercurrent and everything our kids and grandkids are listening to is really sad. And believe me, Dee, Dee we're, we're we're not just looking at Hollywood negatively. We're not going to create cultural pessimism about the very industry we're, we're decrying. Oh, of course not. We, yeah. we took a look at the early movie moguls and in the industry, the golden age of Hollywood, and mm-hmm. analyzed why did it go wrong, what happened you know, with the corporate takeover and all that stuff. So we're giving credit where credit is due, and we're going to do some, a little bit of critical thinking where that's due. James, uh, this is my last comment, but how did a movie like It's a Wonderful Life ever make it into Hollywood? Well, you'll have to wait and watch the movie, Fred, because we answer okay. that exact question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you, you know, one of my that, favorite that, movies. that Golden Hollywood thing, Fred, like, that's why we all love, I mean, m- my daughter has a collection of old books written on Hollywood with pictures of all the stars that go way, way back, and it's a fascinating industry. Um, so, gosh, I hope that it can be redeemed in our lifetime for sure. Well, Dee, Dee the studios used to be, in essence, mom and pop uh, companies. And so the original movie moguls that started the business, they basically made, uh, you know, about two or three hundred movies a year. And they just let, they just made any and all movies. There was no, there was no uh, censorship. They just, you know, wide diversity. So that answers your question, Fred. That's how movies like that got made. The movie moguls were good guys. They said, wow, let's just make movies, okay? And they championed the American dream. But when Hollywood was taken over by the money men and the corporations, it just became this cold, recalcitrant, profit-making machine and went into the star system. We go into all the details of how this happened. Yep. We went from a great industry, the studio system, into the star system of today and why it's become very predatory and, and the bad influence on the kids and the culture. Everyone, mainstreammedia.us is the link. We've got to stay behind this movie, get it out there, order a copy yourself, put it on your local public cable access TV station, support people like James, Elias, and Nick from Texas who chimed in here tonight. Everyone, thank you so much, James, for coming back on our call. Uh, keep editing, and we hope that this gets done and you get funded uh, for what is appropriate to get this uh, out there. Uh, Elias, do you have a final comment you'd like to make before we sign off? I just thanks again for all the wonderful work you guys are doing on your show. It's a pleasure to see James on your show. And, James, we're working on you over here, buddy. Uh, everybody have a good night, and I'll look forward to your next broadcast. Fred? Right. Fred? Fred? Yep. Uh, this is Nick. Um I wanted to ask James, are you still looking for a, a spokesman for the Catholic side? or? Well, who did you have in mind? Well, uh, off the top of my head, uh, I mean, Bill Donahue is, is not uh, not exactly a traditional, what I consider a traditional Catholic. Um, I don't know if you know Bishop Richard Williamson. He's over in England, um, and, and he's well, on YouTube. The main reason I called Bill is I wanted him to talk about Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ uh, right. uh, thing. Okay. So if you know anybody okay. that either knows Bill Gibson or Bill or knows about the Passion of the Christ, then that would be of interest. Well, Jim Jim Condit Jr. knows Mel and and the Passion and. 
Well, then call up Icon Productions and ask Mel or his agent if he'll take a call with me. I don't know, Fred, do you know if Jim's still Yeah, the, yeah, oh, yeah. we well, got to get a hold of Jim Condon. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, Jim? He was just on a couple weeks father. ago. I'll tell you, folks, if we, got, if, we could get, if we could get Mel Gibson to interview on this film, it would blow the top off of this whole subject because you have a mega star in the movie like that. So, but I, you know, I'm 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 a little bit. Uh, I've I've okay, called Icon so many times. Everyone, they, they, everyone, we need to pray on this to get Mel connected to James Jager. Mel Gibson with James Jager. Well, yeah, uh, well, Jim Condit Jr. If he knows about him, because he's a regular uh, James, contributor. I, we will we will work on this, James. Okay. I'm Somebody that knows him. Mel personally has to call him and say and and t- talk to him about him and ask him if he'd be willing to take a call. It's the only way it can well, get done. Okay. Jim Condon is so articulate and so well respected, and and he's one of our regular contributors and founders of this call. Actually, we love him. <laughs> but yeah, he, if he if he can't do it, nobody could. <laughs> All right. Well, that would be great. It's a challenge. Um, it's a challenge. James, I know you got to get back to work. Elias, thank you again from the mountaintops of Montana, and Nick from Texas. Thank you, everyone. It's a wrap for tonight's call. We'll see you all. Next Thursday. Thanks. MainstreamMedia.us again. Support this effort. Thanks, James. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Elias. Dee Dee, Steve, Betty. Thank you, Fred. Take care, guys. Have a good day. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Dee Dee. Take care, guys. Thank you, James. Nick, stay on here. Always our pleasure. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.